G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's spend a few minutes talking about one of those simple but profound practices that we have as Christians, how we pray for one another, whether it's an intentional and focused or a quick but sincere prayer, the followers of Jesus engaged in prayer for each other. The Apostle Paul finishes his letter to the Ephesians by giving instructions on spiritual warfare. That's a form of prayer. And in that, he alerts us to the need to always pray for each other. Robin Johnson is the founder of The Million Praying Men. And Robin's joining us. Robin, welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. It's great to be back. And hi to our listeners. Robin, let's start with the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. It is an encouragement, isn't it, to pray for one another? Oh, it definitely is. And uh, it's, I think it's an interesting thing, Neil, that though we pray for lots of things, when we look at prayers in the Bible, and especially a lot of the the prayers that are recorded of the Apostle Paul, um, he's, he's praying for the church or he's praying for one another. And uh, when he writes, that's the bulk of the things he, he expresses. Robin, oftentimes we have enough trouble praying for ourselves uh, and it takes us the extra to pray for others. What are your thoughts on the idea that prayer perhaps starts with praying for yourself and then to others? Well, I guess, I guess um, really it, it's taking a, a step back. Maybe it's a big step back for some people that we actually believe that our God answers prayer. Um, and there's plenty in the scriptures to tell us that. And, you know, we're, we're called to walk a, a walk of faith, to, to live a life of faith as Christians. And uh, that's, that's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment experience. But that faith is, is founded on the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that God answers prayer. It says if we make our requests, he, he answers those that He hears and, and we will receive. And so praying for ourselves or praying for someone else is simply based on what I call a, a, a faith choice. I believe the Word of God. And therefore, my actions will be be based on that. In other words, obedient actions based on the Word of God. So the next question might be, what do I pray? And it might be, what do I pray for myself? And what do I pray for those who are closest to me and uh, or others who might be in my broader circle? What do I pray, Robin? Well, we always start with conscious need. That's, that's always the best place to start. If, if you have a conscious need for yourself, well, obviously that's where you start. The other, the other great thing, if you're praying for yourself, 
Um, in fact, the principle's the same for others, which we've practiced, and I think I've written on this maybe in the past a little, is thanksgiving. I, I think I start just about every prayer I pray with thanksgiving. And I think that brings us into a place where we acknowledge the, the absolute sovereignty of God and our trust in Him. But um, conscious need is an important thing. As we pray for our conscious needs, and, and when we're praying for others, if we know their conscious need, um, well, that's, that's a good starting point. If we're praying for others, and let's take this a little bit deeper here, Robin, because if I'm praying for someone who doesn't see the need to pray for themselves, should I, in fact, feel any obligation to pray? I've, I've asked myself that question, Neil, <laughs> and I, I guess a lot of people have. But the simple answer is yes. If, if we care for our friends, if we care for people, well, then we're going to pray for them. And uh, because, uh, as as the um, uh, the title is of, of the recent um, article that we've published, is called "Standing in the Gap," and people need us to stand in the gap for them. In your article, you talk about praying for your friend, but there are some things that you don't feel an obligation to pray because, in some sense, here your friend has a choice. Uh, what are your thoughts around what you do pray for and what you don't? Well, well I, I, I can't pray for, for changes that he is responsible for. You know, we're each responsible for, for our own lives and, and we make choices according to, to our knowledge, according to what we believe the Word of God is saying to us. But I, But I can't pray my will over his will as God doesn't exercise his will over our will. He gives us free choice. But I can pray for him that 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 um, Holy Spirit would speak to him. I can pray that he would have a, a hunger developed, that, that he would consider the word of God, that he would, you know, believe the word and so on. But there are specifics that relate to him that things that, that he has to take responsibility for, I I, I can't make those happen. When we pray, we anticipate that God is hearing our prayer and he's bringing things to pass. It doesn't always happen instantly, but this idea of persevering, is this something that we ought to get a handle on and understand that, that persevering is an important element of prayer? Oh, it is. And, um, you know, there's there's countless stories. Um, In the article, I told the story of, um, which I think is fairly well known, of George Mueller, prayed for five friends um, over 50 years. Um, and uh, the first one, I think, came to Christ quite quite quickly, and then the next one, and so on. I think one took about 25 years, and um, so on. Um, but there was one man that, 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 that just never surrendered to Christ um, until I think it was a few weeks or, or a few months after Mueller himself went to be with the Lord. Um, but he persisted for over 50 years praying for those men. You talk about standing in the gap. Now, there's biblical story in Ezekiel that helps us to understand what that means. But for the person who's thinking about prayer for another, how does that work? Well, well I guess it's, it's, it's asking God on their behalf. 
I mean, another instance when we think about it is, is is Moses praying for the nation of Israel. You know, we know the story, and God got angry with with the nation when Moses was up the mountain, and you know they they made the golden calf, they did things that were were, were contrary to what God had asked them to do. Um, but again, Moses stood in the gap, and God said, "Well, you know, don't judge these people. You know, just." And, and he pleaded their case. He, he made intercession for them. Um, and, and that's what we do for our friends, even friends that we see in trouble. We, we stand in the gap. That, that the mercy that God has shown on us, the grace that God has poured on our own life, might be poured on their life. The idea of standing in the gap from the Ezekiel context there is uh, Israel in trouble and God looking around for someone who will stand in the gap and there is a certain sense in which maybe there's not a big crowd of people looking to defend the city but uh, just takes one to be able to cover that gap in the wall how do you think that sort of idea works well again you know dare i say it um it's a mystery (laughs) you know when you think here is the god of the universe the god that you know, speaks a word and, and, and creation is brought to pass. A God that the Bible says with his finger, he puts the stars in place. But he, he, he comes to us and asks us to pray that we'll, we'll move his hand to do things. It's, it's asking us. And, and I sometimes wonder, you know, if, if we really believed <laughs> You know, if we really believe that we could stand in the gap and change nations, wouldn't wouldn't we do it more often? And if we're praying for one another, and sometimes that person who is really antagonistic towards God, and yet we feel like we ought to be spending time in prayer for that person, you quote a verse out of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 16 in your article where you quote the Bible saying, If anyone observes a fellow believer habitually sinning in a way that doesn't lead to death, you should keep interceding in prayer that God will give that person life. Is that encouragement there to be perseverant and to actually adopt people perhaps in our circle who we can pray for? I think it is. I really do. Um, I mean, I guess I fitted into that category before I was truly converted to Christ. I mean, I I was very antagonistic. Um, I wasn't interested in church. I I was a, uh, I don't know what you'd call me, but I, you know, I, I said there was no God. Um, but a part of me knew that that was a foolish statement, but nevertheless, I tried to live that way, denying the fact that God existed. Um, but there were people praying for me. And, uh, of course, their prayers um, won the day. <laughs> and I think you're referring to your grandparents and uh, for parents and grandparents praying for their children, their grandchildren, there's no higher calling in some sense. Um, I mean, we've we've always prayed for our children, and we see that the, the fruit of that in their lives today. We pray for our our, our fifteen grandchildren, and uh, because I believe the word of God, I believe that the the, the generations of the, of the righteous are going to be blessed from generation to generation to generation, and uh, you know, praying over them, 
um, as my grandparents did for me, um, and brought the gospel to me as a as a young child. Um, sowed the seed, but if you know, it was their prayers. It had to be. I mean, you don't share the gospel with someone with not praying for them. And uh, you know, in in the years following, when when I became anti, very anti, you know, they prayed for me. Robin, you're the founder of the Million Praying Men, and uh, there are people in various parts of the world who are subscribers to Million Praying Men, and they receive regular updates from you, encouragement, teaching when it comes to prayer. Uh, For people listening to our conversation today, uh, connecting with you via the website, is that the way to do it? That's the way to do it. Yes, at amillionprayingmen.com. And uh, they can they can register there. Um, and uh, for the ladies that are listening, those that that are standing in the gap, <laughs> when the men aren't standing in the gap, um, we we have a page for them to also um, enlist. So uh, though our our goal is to get men praying, um, we're we're just so thankful for praying women, and uh, we have a number of women who also subscribe. Um, and receive um, the material from us. And those same principles from the Scriptures apply to both men and women alike. Robin Johnson, the founder of Million Praying Men, that website is millionprayingmen.com. Robin, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.